Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you. Thank you so much, team. Very cool. Well, wonderful to be back here on the Central Coast uh, after another stint in Africa. And uh, I just want to share with you, possibly even just for the next 20 minutes, I hope that's all right. Uh, there's a lot, there's, there's so much within me that I want to share, but I know we've had so much on this morning with those wonderful dedications, congratulations, uh, parents and families with all of that, um, with my wife's encouragement. And so, if you can, I'd just love to share with you just a deposit that's on my heart that I think will encourage you wherever you're at today. And I've called this message All In, and another word for it could be um, toe-dipping, and I'll share a reason why that's the case now, but I wonder if we can just pray. I'm believing that in the next 20 to 25 minutes that God is going to deposit something within you on the inside of you that can really help shape the course of your year, your life. I know that all God needs is just a moment with you, and I firmly believe that God wants to do something significant in your life this morning, but I actually just wanted to encourage Lisa uh, and I don't know if Alana is, she's, oh, there she is there. I just really, I'm so glad you were here this morning because I was thinking of you when I saw you on, at the wedding on Friday and I felt like God wanted to encourage you and I, but then Jamie said, oh, they're not going to be here. I was like, oh, well, that's okay. I can message them later. But I really felt like uh, just to, I feel like God wants to encourage these two wonderful girls who have been part of this church. Uh, Lisa's been part of this church longer than I was. Um, and they've been traveling to uh, the UK and making me jealous every time I look at their Instagram with the places that they're going and the places they're seeing. And I really do sense that God's done something significant in your life over the past 18 months. And I feel like this was the word for you that God has helped you discover yourself but there's still, but the, the final piece of this is he's going to help you discover him in a way that you haven't yet. That he, he put you there not just to escape and to see life and to do whatever, but that he actually has called you to travel there for a purpose, to show you something, to deposit something within you for the future, to, not just to frustrate you for a season and then bring you back to normality, but to deposit something of his greatness in you. But I feel like there's something in the last in the next six months that God's going to do in your life that's about Him, and it, it goes beyond just a nice time and what you're doing. And so I just want to encourage you to uh, make space for Him over this time, and to yes, live the dream, and yes, do all the stuff, and in, 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 uh, enjoy life, and and all of that. But uh, but there's something more that He wants to show you about Him for your future, and I just thought I'd encourage you in that. Um, Here's the, the, the gist of, of my heart for you today, and I wonder if we can just pray before we do that. Would you close your eyes? Heavenly Father, we thank you for being in your house. Thank you for the joy, the celebration, 
of all you're doing in the lives of people here today, Lord. But we pray over these next few moments, Lord, that you would uh, open our eyes to something of your kingdom, to something of what you're doing in our lives, to something of your goodness for us, to something of your purpose for us. Lord, I pray that every heart in this place that needs to hear from God this morning, Lord, that they would hear you, that you would speak to us, that you would open our ears to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and that the love of God would be poured out upon every heart in Jesus' name. So there's, um, in Nairobi, there's a couple in our church, some of you have been following Jamie's social media about a couple that have gone through a crazy adoption scenario, they are adopting a Kenyan child, and it's just, I, I can't go into details, um, but it's been a really, really difficult journey for this couple in our church. And the recent thing, I think it's okay to say because it's on social media now, and the most recent scenario is that the government has organized to take the child, and so they were in their house in the middle of the night, and 11 men broke into the house and held the husband at bay and took the child from them. Uh, and so it's been the most horrendous. That's, we, we haven't even been able to talk to it about it until this event because it's been so secretive, so full on. I hope the government's not listening to this message uh, here this morning. No, that's okay. That's all on, on, on the media now, because they've gone to the media and the embassies to try and get this support. But when they were in the middle of it uh, last, at the end of last year as well, like when things were really heating up, I had, we had dinner with this couple, and I said to this great guy, this husband who travels back and forward from New York, I said to him, uh, wow, how have you handled all the pressure of being away from your wife and your child uh, when they've been going through really difficult times? You've had to be in New York working and then you've come in and out. He's been detained at the airport multiple times because of false accusation. All of this stuff I said, how have you handled all this pressure? And he said to me, and, and concurrently, Jamie and I were going through our own wrestles. So we, uh, over the past couple of years, experienced two miscarriages, and that was uh, quite a journey for us, for those of you who have experienced something similar or known someone who has. And so I was sort of going through our own wrestles in this whole journey towards family and parenthood. So I wanted to know from him, what, had, what gave you faith to keep pressing forward in this? And you know, there's moments, and that's why I'm praying for you this morning that God's going to share even just in 15 to 20 minutes, because all that you need is one line for God to speak to you that changes something within you. And he said something to me that God used to just really shift me on the inside and put a deposit of faith on the inside of me. And he said this, he said, when we started this journey of adoption, we made a decision together that we were going all in and that we weren't going to dip our toes in the water. And, 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 and so that this thought of being all in, he said, so, so we made an agreement together that there was no other, we we're going to go for this. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult it gets, we are fully committed to doing this whole process together until whatever happens, happens, and we're not going to pull out. 
And, and God spoke to me in that so clearly because what had happened for me personally, if I can just be a little bit transparent with you this morning, after two miscarriages, I became hesitant to believe God to go again. I don't know if you're with me, if, you, if you're understanding what I'm saying. I, after two, you sort of go, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to try that again. That was pretty difficult those two times. Let me just sort of, yeah, I'll sort of go there if you want, Jamie. We'll, we can sort of go there. But in my heart, I hadn't fully committed to, I am committing to this no matter what happens next. Because in my heart, I was saying, oh, what if? I don't know if you've had those what if thoughts. Oh, what if it happens a third time? What if that happens? Oh, I'm sort of hesitant to really commit to that journey. And, and so this thought of you, when he said, we just, I was not going to dip my toes in. I don't know if you're, you're a toe dipper in the ocean, if there's anyone like that when you're going swimming. I'm a bit of a toe dipper. Uh, you see people diving in the water. I, I don't like cold water. I'm a bit soft when it comes to cold water. Uh, I prefer it to be like a balmy 30 degrees in Dubai, more like a spa. And so when you go to the beach, but now being away from the beach for so long, I went yesterday and I just thought I'm diving in no matter what because I haven't been to the beach for five months. But back in the day, I was a bit of a, oh, that's a bit cold. I'm not sure. Let me get in. And the Lord spoke to me and, and he just said, in this aspect of your life, there's no more toe dipping. You've got to make a decision. Is this worth going for with everything that you have or is it not? And that has actually been, that was for our specific scenario, something that spoke to me, but it actually opened up a whole other thought about God and life and church and the kingdom that made me reflect on everything that I've walked through with God so far. And everything has been based on the fact that God is worth giving everything to. That God is worth giving everything to or he's worth giving nothing to. There's no actual middle ground in that. See, people ask me, and, and I sort of, please don't get offended by this because I know you'll want to ask me after the service, but people will say, like, I'll, I'll meet someone for, you know, one minute, and they'll say, oh, so tell me about the Africa journey. How did that all happen? And within me, I sort of want to slap them a little bit because I'm going, how do you expect me to tell this whole journey of going to plant a church in Africa in one minute? Like, I can't. I said, do you want to grab a meal? Do you want to have a coffee? Then I'll be able to give you the short version. Because how Jamie and I ended up from being uh, residents of the central coast of New South Wales, uh, I was a primary school teacher. Jamie was a childcare teacher uh, who had now, as she mentioned, sold everything to start a new home in Nairobi, Kenya, to start a church. That is not, as you might imagine, just a small step. It's not something we woke up one morning just thinking, well, that's a nice idea. Uh, Nairobi is not a place you go to just for a change of scenery. All right, it's nice. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being critical about it. But you don't just decide, I would rather live in Nairobi than the central coast just because there's better shopping or better beaches. It's not like that. There's something that God has done in our lives that caused us to totally uproot everything that we knew to go and pursue. And I would say there's probably, and, and so how that happened is, came from this fact that there was moments along our Christian journey where we realized that this is a journey that is all or nothing. And too many, I'm, I'm looking around the world, too many Christians 
feel, think that Christianity is something that they can add to their life rather than being something that they put at the center of their life. Christianity, if you read your Bibles, I don't know if you've read your Bible recently, if there's anyone here, but it, when you read your Bibles, it's actually, there is nothing about the Word of God that gives us permission to tack Christianity onto the rest of our life. I hope I'm making sense this morning. There's probably a few moments in my life where I realized this. The first moment was when I realized I actually needed God. See, I was a, I grew up in a non-Christian family. I was a primary school teacher, living a normal Central Coast life, just going through the motions of life. And see, when I first came to church with Pastor Phil and Julie, it sort of freaked me out a little bit, I'm going to be honest with you. Because these guys were living a radical Christianity that my Central Coast mind didn't understand. I'm going, this is too full on. Like, this is, this is wild stuff. I, I don't know if I can handle this. And within my heart of hearts, I, realized, I, I thought, I'm a good guy. I'm a pretty good person. Why do I need God to forgive me? And I know Israel Folau has got into trouble in the past few days, for those of you who have been following the rugby union football uh, players story, but I came to the realization that he had that I actually needed God to forgive me of my sin and to come into my life and make me a new person. See, when you measure yourself to the wrong standard, you get a over, um, what, what do you call it, an, like an overestimated opinion of yourself. So when I, I like, you know, when I hang around Joey in Paris, I could be misled to think that I'm a pretty tall, strong person. And then, I, and then I hang out with like Cam Harvey and Nath Cairns and Phil Cairns and Evan and, and, and I get a real accurate estimation of who I am. And see, with me, I used to compare myself to society's worst instead of God's best. And when you, when you compare yourself to society's worst, you, you might say things like this, well, I'm not a murderer. I'm not a drug addict, I'm not a this, I'm not a that, and therefore you think you're a good person. But once you get a glimpse of the goodness of God, the perfection of God, the beautiful love of God, uh, that, let me tell you, is greater than anything that even the parents here this morning would feel about their kids. I don't know if you've seen these dedications, the look in their eyes, the, the miracle stories, the, the glints, the glean. It's like, oh my gosh, look at this miracle. And I'm sure for some of you, it might be hard to believe that there is a love that's greater than that. But God, His heart for you, every individual, is so much deeper in love for you than even the most doting parent in your life. And so when I looked at a God like that, and I looked at a God that had such a purity, I stopped measuring myself to society's worst, and I started measuring myself to God's best. And all that I could say was that I fell short. No matter how good I was, there was no amount of goodness that would make me good enough. But because of God's love, no matter how bad I was, there was no level of badness that could keep me from the beautiful love of God. And so the moment that I realized, and this might be for you here today, this might be the most difficult thing that you would ever need to admit, is that you need God. 
That is the baseline entry into Christianity that I need God, I can't do life on my own. And that was for me the first level of entering into going all in with God, where I said, okay, God, I need you to forgive me of my sin. But then it went another level. It went from, God, I needed forgiveness and your love to, I need you to guide me because I don't make good decisions for my life. I don't know if you've ever realized, anyone in here, that, hey, when I'm left to my own devices, I don't tend to make the best decisions. Thank you to those three people being honest, and the rest of you, you're liars, and you need, you need help, and we'll pray for you at the end. And this, this was probably the key moment for me. I remember I was actually driving into this property, and I was in a season of my life where God was calling me to end a relationship that I really wanted, but God didn't. I don't know if you've been there before. And I remember saying, God, no, no, this doesn't work. I want to do this. But he kept nagging me on the inside, and I ended up saying this. It was like a, a moment where I said, well, God, so, where I realized, okay, this Christianity thing can't be half-hearted. I can't sit in church on Sunday forgiven and not give God permission to go into every part of my life. And I, made, I almost made like a, uh, an ultimatum to God, and he's okay with that at times. I said, God, I'm going to obey you. But if it turns out that you don't know best for me, I'm walking away from you completely. Now, I don't recommend that to it. That's not like theology that Pastor Phil and Julie endorses. Uh, let me just clarify that. But it was something within me that I was so scared to trust God. I doubted his goodness for me so much that I was just like, God, you've either got to come through here or not. It was almost my way of saying, God, a way of managing my own emotions and saying, God, I'm going to try and trust you. And do you know what? Like 15 years later, I'm still in church, still yet to have God let me down. I'm still yet to find any scenario. And I tell you what, some of the steps have been more difficult than that one since. And I've made similar, similar comments, a bit more mature than it was back there. It's not like, well, do this or else, God. It's more like, God, you better show up in this decision because I can't do this without you. And 15 years later, I have not been given one reason to doubt that God always knows best. Always knows best. And so, for some of you here today, you're, you're, you're in God, you know His love for you, you're forgiven, but you don't yet trust Him with everything. There's stuff you're still saying, God, you, you can come into this area of my life, but not this one. And God is saying, do you know what? He's saying, all in. Don't dip your toes. Don't let, you know, don't come to church on Sundays, because this is something that is all over the world. Religion, religion, where people just go through the motions of Christianity and think that God thinks that's enough. God is not interested in just your, oblig your spiritual obligations or your religious duties or your turning up to church on Sunday. God, that's, that's, that's helpful for you more than it is for God. Being at church is more helpful for you than God. He, he, can, he can run things whether you're at church or not, but it's good for you and it's good for other people. Um, God wants nothing short, actually, of your heart. Everything that you are, 
That's why giving is such an important thing because where your treasure is there, your heart is also. You can't say God has everything if he doesn't have your finances. But then it came to a third one. So, so that was a moment where I've gone, okay, this is not something I can do half-hearted. This is not something I can dip my toes in. This is something I have to enter in. And then, of course, the third thing, which I love talking about, is not just that I need God, not just that I need him to make my decisions, but that I want to make myself available to do something magnificent for him on the earth. And uh, I'm looking around, seeing so many people where I would just feel like standing up like my brother here in the white shoes and the beard uh, in the second row from the back, just seeing someone like that going, what could God do with you? My goodness, what could God do with you? Because for me, I just thought that life was stuck to the, the same old routine. I just had to get through in life. But actually, I realized that God has not only called me, but placed a responsibility on my life to do something for his kingdom on the earth. Isn't that amazing? That we have both the opportunity and the responsibility to do something for God. That as you step into all that God has for you, regardless of if you're 16 or 86, whether you feel talented or not talented, whether you feel adequate or inadequate, that God can take something in your life and, and use you in a way. Honestly, there is moment after moment where I feel completely inadequate for what God's called us to do. And then I think back to Pastor Phil and Julie, um, who have uh, the amount of mornings where I've been standing in our church uh, praying before the service, sometimes feeling really great, sometimes feeling like death, uh, and just going, sometimes going, I can't wait for this service, and other times saying, I can't wait for this service to be over. Uh, and, I, and the thing that helps me endure is just seeing examples like Pastor Phil and Julie, just thinking of the, like, I've done three years. These guys have done 23 years. I think about that and I go, oh my gosh, but this, the testimony here is that if you live your life all in and you hang around long enough through the pain and the challenges and the questions and the concerns and the trials and the tribulations, then God can do something magnificent in your life. That God can do something magnificent in your life. And so this sort of download, this is really not how I really like to preach. I, I love to get something more together, but for the nature of this service, I just wanted to download my heart. And this was it, because I've been spending the past nine months talking with our church through the book of Ephesians. And I think Pastor Phil's been doing the same in a pop-up connect group. And ultimately, after nine weeks of laying out this case, because God's been doing something powerful in our church. At the beginning of the year, I just thought it was C3 Nairobi. I thought, God's moving in C3 Nairobi. This is awesome. And then I talked to Pastor Phil and Julie, and they say, God's moving at C3 Tagra. And then I hear Pastor Phil Pringle saying, guys, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to go deeper in God. And then I hear of events in America that have 60,000 people turning up. And I'm like, wow, God, this isn't just C3 Nairobi. This is something God's doing on the earth. And, and so God's been stirring our heart for more of Him. Do you know there is more? This whole thing of being all in with God means that there is more of God now than there was yesterday. You know, if you ever reach the spot where you think, I know God, then you've missed the point. Because your finite being will never know God or there is about God. You will never on the earth go, I know God now. There is always new facets, new levels, new depths. And so this is my heart for my church, 
and I've been trying, I've, I've done this nine weeks of teaching about the Holy Spirit and about the church and about knowing God and all the spiritual blessings in heavenly realms that we have, our redemption, that we're in Christ. And last, about a week or two ago, I just sort of was sitting there going, what is it that I'm trying to say in these nine weeks? And this is what I'm trying to say. Guys, go all in for God. Go all in for God. Don't dip your toes. Don't sit on your beach in the jeans while other people are swimming and catching waves. Don't just turn up to church like, and, 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 and sit there while other people are experiencing and worshiping and hungry and downloading. Don't just... I, I look around and in the one service, you can have someone that is so hungry for God that it draws God to their life. Because the Bible says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you, not vice versa. Some of us are waiting for God to break down the door and kick you and barge his way in. But God's saying, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And so in one gathering, you can have someone that's hungry, that worships even though they don't feel like it, that worships even though their world's falling apart, that listens to the word even though their life's a mess, even though they had no sleep because they were anxious and worried and depressed that night before. But they're engaging God for their miracle. And then you've got someone sitting here just going, I've got no expectation on God at all. And so my heart is to see people alive with an expectation for God to do something magnificent. Because if you can get that, that is revival. Revival is not, let us meet in one room and experience goosebumps because the presence of God was there. That's not revival. Revival is, let our hearts be hungrier for God than it is for anything else. Let our hearts be hungrier for God than anything else. And as you allow the things of the world to be silenced and the things of the world to just be put in their place and you allow the kingdom of God to resonate in, heart, in your heart, not only will you humble yourself and say, I need God, not only will you humble yourself and say, God, I need you to make decisions and I'm going to let you guide my life, but you will also then say, God, I'm available whether I'm a pilot whether I'm a teacher, whether I'm a musician, whether I'm a mother, God, I'm going to let you do something magnificent through this donkey that could otherwise be good for nothing, but with the power of God on your life, you turn from zero to hero, and you can make a difference on the earth. And so I don't know what part of that short encouragement speaks to you, but I want to pray for you. I want to pray for someone here today that thought they could do life on their own and have realized they can't. There's someone here today who thought, I'm good without God, but now you've realized, I'm not. I need him. And today your life is going to change. I'm going to pray with you in about three minutes, and you're going to have the opportunity to ask Jesus into your heart to forgive you of your sin, to wash you clean. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're not good enough to be perfect in the eyes of God. But Jesus Christ came to the earth, died on a cross, rose again, to pay the price for that thing which kept you from God. But today, someone here is going to ask God into their life through the blood of Jesus, and your life is going to change. For someone else, you're going you're to stop dipping your toes in. That's what I'm just going to pray over everyone generally. There's someone here that needs to make a decision to say, God, I'm no longer going to sit on the sidelines. I'm no longer going to dip my toes into the kingdom of God and Christianity God, I'm going to make a decision in my heart today that even though it might be difficult, even though it might be hard, even though if I don't know all the answers, I'm going to 
hand over control of my life to you. So I wonder if we could just close our eyes right across this place just for people to have privacy as we pray today. And I want to pray for that first group of people that I was talking about, people who have never understood their need for God. But today, something is being shifted on the inside of you where you say, I need to know that God is for me. I need to know that I have forgiveness for everything that's happened in my life. And I need to know that when I leave this earth, that I am destined to be in eternal connection with Jesus, in a place of unending love, in a place of His presence. And I believe that's a word for someone here. Someone here feels like their days are limited on the earth. And you need to know that you're right with God before that happens. So if that's you, with every eye closed, I don't want to embarrass you. That's why I'm asking people to close their eyes. Would you just lift your hand where you are if you know you need to ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life? You need to receive the forgiveness of God in your life. If that's you, I'm just going to see your hands so I know who I'm praying with. I'm not going to ask you out the front. I don't want to embarrass you, but I want to give you a moment. I know there is people here today that need to make that decision. Being in church doesn't make you a Christian. This is something that you need to do for yourself, that you need to make a decision that for me, I know God because God does not have grandchildren. The faith of your parents will not cut it. The faith of your pastors will not cut it. The faith of your ancestors will not cut it. God needs your decision to let him into your life. And so is there anyone here just for the, I'm just gonna give another 15 seconds. I wanna see your hand lifted nice and high just so I can see you. If that's you, I want to pray with you. Your heart might be beating. You might be wrestling with this. You might be saying, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But you know, there's something deep within you that says, that's me. That's me. And so is that you here this morning? Just your hand up for a second so I can see you and then you can put it back down again. And I'm going to include you in this prayer that we're all going to go through together so that you can walk out of here knowing that you are right with God, that your heavenly Father His love is for you. He is connected to you. He is able to pour out His love into your life. Is that you here this morning? Five more seconds. We don't have much time to keep going, but is that you here today? Can I see your hand? I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. With every eye closed, can we just pray this together? Maybe... You're a bit shy to put your hand up, but you want to pray this in your heart and this could change everything for you. Let's all pray this together, those who have prayed this before. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to me to me today. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he walked the earth. I believe he died on a cross. And I believe he rose again for my sin. Lord, Speak to me. Fill me with your spirit. Wash me clean. Set me free from every sin, from every offense, from every abuse. Today I walk in a new way. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Hey, why don't we stand up? I just want to pray for uh, just for you where you are today. If you want to respond in some way, to that encouragement about going all in and not just sort of dipping the toes in. As you're standing, could I just ask for every eye to be closed again, just so we can 
just have a two-minute moment here. If that's if something about that is for you today, would you just lift your hand in the presence of God? And I want to pray for you that God, as you draw near to God in this moment and as you, as you offer that everything, that next step, and maybe you don't have enough to say, oh, I trust you with everything, but just take one more step towards God. Maybe your hand signifies here in this moment, I'm taking another step towards trusting God with more of who I am. And Lord, I pray right now for every hand that's lifted here in this place as a sign to you, God, that they are available, that they are willing, that they are ready to trust you and to walk with you and to let you guide them and to let you steer them in their walk with you, to let you pour out their love, uh, your love on them, Lord. I pray, Lord, that your abundant blessing in their heart, Lord. I just prophesy and speak in this moment over every heart that there is no toe dipping here in this room today, that there is no more living one foot in this world, one foot in the other. But Lord, someone's making a decision in this moment that is saying, God, you are worth everything or you're worth nothing. And for everyone who is, pray who is praying that in this moment, Lord, I pray your abundant grace on their life to stand for you. Lord, I speak James 4, 8 over their life that says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God, I pray for divine encounters over every life. I pray for your voice to be clearer than ever. Lord, I pray for courage of the Holy Spirit to help people stand in their faith. I pray for the love of God to be experienced in new ways. I pray for the grace of God to empower people to live for God and to stand for God. Let me just pray, Lisa and Alana, can I just pray for you quickly where you are? Lord, I thank you for these two girls and everything that they've experienced over the past few months. I thank you for the provision. I thank you for the relationships. I thank you for uh, everything that you've orchestrated. But God, right now I pray more. I prophesy this. There is more for Lisa. There is more for Alana. This is not the end. The end isn't in sight. This is just the beginning of what God is doing, that there is a bigger sphere, that there is a bigger world, that there is more of God, that there is more of His love. You don't have to make it work. You feel like you're begging God. You feel like you're trying to make it happen and God's resisting. That's not true. God is saying yes and amen to more of Him, to what He wants to do in your life. But stand on that scripture. I can't get it out of my head. Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. Let the cry of your heart increase. Let the hunger in your heart be dissatisfied with even the greatest of cities in Europe. And let it be only satisfied with knowing His heart, with knowing His love, with experiencing all that He has. There is more of Him. It's greater than any city. It's greater than any country. It's greater than any moment that you've experienced. There is a kingdom that is greater than even Europe. There is a kingdom on earth and it's from heaven. And God is calling you into it to pave the way and to uh, call people into that way and to put Him first, to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. God is saying, you could spend your whole life trying to look for something outside of me and you will never be satisfied whether you travel to the north, the south, the east and the west. But in Him, there is something more. There is something that will fulfill the desires of your heart. 
there is something that will awaken the things of God on the inside of you. There is something that will, that will give you what you have been looking for. There is something you're looking for and it's found in Him. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.